Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and today we are going to discuss the history of the independent replica H2O masks, and uh, there's quite a few of them. Now, it's been quite a while since we've done um, any sort of a mask breakdown episode on the independent level. And uh, even a mass-produced level as well. So, um, last year, the cutting room floor uh, in season one, season two, the cutting room floor hosted by Dylan Cloud uh, was a partner on Halloween Unleashed. Uh, he broke off onto his own, and uh, a lot of people were questioning, "Whoa, wait, wait, what's going on?" And you know, Dylan did an episode saying, "You know, we're all still cool. Everything's fine. We're just doing our own things," and that's. That's going to happen from time to time. So um, I was doing a lot of interview type series, um, which was pushing a lot of his episodes back further and further and further. And that wasn't fair to him either. So he had a show to produce. I had a show to produce. And things just sort of took on a life of their own and got out of control extremely quick. Uh, The reason I brought up Dylan's uh, name is... Dylan's joining me on an episode today. Last year we were going to do um, the H2O and the Resurrection Masks uh, episode. And uh, then we parted ways. So um, today he rejoins the show and, uh, you know, uh, is a guest host with me. And, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, we, we we have a very, very good conversation and uh, it's much like old times where, you know, we had a nice little banter back and forth and uh, we seem to hit the beats uh, fairly well together. So um, Aaron and Corey will be back for this uh, this Saturday night, uh, which will be the the um, Halloween two watch along where, you know, yes, we're going to have the volume down and. We're going to uh, have our commentary over the top of it. We're going to try to make a very entertaining show. And for all those that say, well, I just want to watch Halloween too. I don't want to hear you guys. Well, you know what? Pop in your DVD and watch it. So this is what we're going to do. If you want to join us, great. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm sure the drinks will be flowing. And all three of us together um, with a few drinks flowing through us is going to be a good time. So, um People in this world don't have enough fun, and uh, everyone wants to put an asterisk behind something or, well, actually, you know, well, no, actually just shut up and enjoy it for what it is, you know, and everybody's got to have their opinions heard, which is going to lead into some things I, I do want to talk about before we get into today's episode. Now, there's going to be some people out there that listen to this show that um, aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but it's got to be said. And um, if anybody knows me, and I think I've proved it over the last month, that when I feel very passionately or strongly about something, or something just makes sense, um, it needs to be said. And if I call this show Unleashed, I need to be unleashed myself. So... About the time that Dylan and I parted ways, there were some incidents going on in the hobby that, um, lack of a better words, was bullshit. You know, it was just straight bullshit. Hobby bullshit. And um, unfortunately for Dylan, he did get caught up in it a little bit. And um, he's a very passionate, outspoken guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, um for those that don't like Dylan, that never wanted to hear his voice back on the air, then don't listen, period. You know, um, Dylan and I have always been cool. We haven't had any any issues. 
uh, we disagree quite a bit with each other, you know, um, and what I'm about to say is not going to be political, but it might as well be. Um, it's not meant to be. It's just, it, you know, it, again, sometimes when you say things it you know, you just got to speak your mind and say the truth and be unleashed about it. You know, he and I don't exactly line up with our philosophies about what we like and what we don't like, what we support or what we don't support. But at the end of the day, I think if you get down to the root core of it, whether whether you feel passionately one way or passionately the other, doesn't really matter. You know, deep down in your root core, you really believe that what you believe in and what your opinion is, is the best thing for our country, for our world, for our families, for the people that we care about, etc. This is no different. Um, I've said it many, many, many times, and uh, it seems like people just, they cherry pick what they want to hear and what they hold on to and what they don't. So I'm going to repeat it again, and I'm going to keep repeating this. Until it finally sinks in to the vast majority that listen to this broadcast and beyond. Because I'm really hoping that through some of just common sense type stuff, that things start to set in for people. You know, I'm I'm an old soul. I was I was raised by my grandparents. I've I've mentioned that several times. I called my grandparents mom and dad. It's the only mom and dad I've I've ever known. Um, both of them are gone. They're in heaven. God rest their soul. Uh, I miss them dearly every single day. But they raised me with a lot of morals and a lot of uh, values that I hope to pass on to my kids. And so a lot of me is a child of the 80s. And while some things in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s are passe, a lot of the core values are still there. And namely is, I always got told when I was a kid, there's two things, maybe more, but definitely two things that you really shouldn't discuss openly. That's religion and politics. Because that's, those two subjects alone are full of opinions. And all of them are right, and all of them are wrong. And you can't argue someone else's opinion. And to shame them for their opinion, or to call them names and say that they're this or they're that because they support something that you don't, or whatever the case may be, that's wrong. I mean, you're no better than what you're claiming that the other person is for, if you do shit like that. And I'll be damned if I'm going to get into it with anybody. I have very strong opinions on both of those subjects, but you know what? I do what we did back in the 80s. I keep it close to the vest. I share it with those that I love. I don't do it on social media. And at the end of the day, this past year has been so divided in our culture and our climate that it's time to lower the temperature a little bit and just kind of pull things back close to our vest and stop arguing with each other. You know, I'm not trying to turn this into a political thing, but I see it in our groups consistently people arguing, well, that mask isn't as good as this one. Okay, good. Don't comment on it. Well, I don't care about any of this stuff, but this has to be said. Actually, no, it doesn't. If you don't care about any of this stuff, then don't, then don't talk about it. Period. Move on. There's plenty of other things to look at. You don't have to be the know-it-all. You don't have to be the asshole. Because that's exactly what you look like when you do shit like that. You look like a dick. And it's just getting to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous. So, if you, again, 
I'm an old soul. I was raised this way. If you don't have no, anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And that's just as true as I could have read it out of the good book. So that's my little rant there. I mean, if you have strong beliefs politically, religiously, or not, keep it to yourself. Talk to your to your close friends and family, not on social media. And stop arguing with people that you share a common interest with. I'm going to close it with this before we get into today's episode. Michael Jordan, the great Michael Jordan, had had the best saying ever. When he was asked about what candidate he supported way, way, way back when he was still playing. He said, I support both. Because whether you're Republican or Democrat, atheist or Christian, they all buy shoes too. And that is the best thing that you can go with. Period. So enjoy today's episode. Please join us Saturday night for the Halloween 2 episode. And uh, we will be back next week with the resurrection. Have a good one. Welcome, everyone. And I'm sitting down once again after it's been about a year. The host of the cutting room floor, um, Mr. Dylan Cloud, joining me this week to do a mask breakdown episode of the H2O mask. Dylan, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. It's a... It's kind of like a return home for me. It's been a long time. I think the last time I was on the show, the episode numbers were in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this one's uh, this one's going to be number ninety-eight. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, pretty fitting, given today's topic. What you say? Absolutely, I agree. So it's uh, actually a perfect timing. Um, you know, I just um, I just recorded our intro before our conversation for this Friday's episode. And one of the things that I said in that is a lot of people um, that heard your podcast that heard my podcast um, still, for whatever reason, still felt like you and I had some animosity and that there was some issues between us. And there really wasn't. We just, you know, like I said, and like you explained very clearly, which, which is why I don't understand what people heard any differently, was that, you know, simply I was doing a lot of interview sessions at the time, and your show, um, you had a lot of subjects and interviews that you had done. So it wasn't fair to your show. It wasn't fair to what I had going on either. And we knew from the time that we teamed up that this could be a very long-term thing or it could be a short-term thing. I mean, from my perspective, we never had any heat. It was just, it was time to break apart at that point. And am I missing anything there? No. And, um, and I think one reason a lot of people think that is, is at the time, um, this is when my hiatus from the hobby kind of started as well, when the whole pain situation happened and, um, a lot of people distanced from me at that time, which was understandable. I, I did, I did very stupid things, even though it was in the, in the right intentions. So I was either kicked out of or left several groups. I was, I left moderator positions. Um, and a lot of people thought that you booted me out. And like you said, you were doing a bunch of stuff. Um, I had been thinking even before that, that maybe it's time that we go our separate ways. Because it worked for a while that, you know, when you took your break at the end of 2019 and you were gone for about eight weeks, um, when you had kind of begin to get burned out on the hobby again, uh, your pup had passed away. So you were taking a lot of time off. So it gave right. me plenty of time to just make content and release it pretty much not, uh, you know, we were never competition. We were on the same platform, but I, I, I had kind of stepped in and, and me and Zachman and a few other people were just kind of carrying the torch so when you came back we knew it was going to eventually become a scheduling conflict and a whole bunch of other things so it just ended up working out for us to go do our own thing separately anyways i never had an issue with you um i, I don't have an issue with you now um, exactly exactly yeah, have- and 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 to be fair i mean it's like and I, I don't mean to cut you off there but to to be fair like just for the listening audience um i I didn't foresee what ended up becoming almost like a, a, 
a locomotive steamroll that happened uh, season two. Like, like the way I looked at season two, when we, you, Zachman, and I all did that uh, premiere episode together, I looked at it. It was a chance for us for that season to grow both brands and that, you know, maybe, maybe I'll be on one time and you're on three weeks, or maybe I'm on three weeks and you're on one week. And that's kind of the way I looked at it initially, but, you know, both with, you know, you feeling inspired and with the, with the chain of events that happened last season with Dan Ferens, Marion Hagen, Sandy Johnson. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's like, it just got to a point. I mean, those were five, six, five and six part series. And it was kind of getting to a point where, Hey, it might be three months before your interview that took place in January airs. And now it's old news at that point. So um, it just made perfect sense. And unfortunately it, it, it kind of just happened uh, in, in my mind. Anyway, everybody can write their own narrative and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But from my perspective, uh, the, to me, the Pena thing kind of just happened to coincide with what both of us were already feeling at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and you and me talked a lot of it at the time. There were behind the scenes things that I wasn't happy about that I talked about, you know, and, and even before we went apart, you know, we, you and me had to talk about about things I was concerned about. Like, would you be upset if I talked about certain topics or certain people or this, that and the other? And you were very much like, no, this is your thing. You know, it's not the Chris Morgan show. It's you do your thing. I do my thing. Um, you know, with any endeavor where two people work together, there will be disagreements and differences. And I think you and me are very similar and we like to be in control of things. So, and again, I think it just works out better for us to, to be parallel with each other. You know, we're not competing with each other. We're not fighting with each other. And, and I owe you a lot because, because of you letting me come on. My show got heard by more people than it ever would have, at least at that point in time. So I, I definitely owe you a lot for giving me that platform. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I owe you a lot too, because uh, like, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, I had a lot of things going in 2019 and without your contribution and without the cutting room floor, Halloween Unleashed would have been probably not as big as it is today if we didn't have the cutting room floor filling in for a lot of those episodes and, and gaining its own audience. So um, I owe you a lot too. I mean, I, I know you say that you owe me a lot, but to me, it's a two-way street. And I look at it from that perspective is that, you know, it was a perfect timing for both of us to join together. And it was also a perfect time for both of us to kind of grow our, grow our own separate ways. And the way I always looked at it, and I think the way I look, I left it with you is like this isn't a permanent thing you know the you know we we may have to grow set separately for a little while but eventually we're going to link back up again because there was no animosity there so um and i think that that's 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 a huge misconception by uh just people in general because people they when they hear things and i'm sure you'll agree with this when people hear things they tend to hear what they want to hear and if they're not hearing what they want to hear, they have to say, well, there has to be more to it than that. And there really isn't. And with me, I'm, I'm very straightforward. I don't mince a lot of words. I just say it like it is. And it's either you like it or you don't. But typically, I don't, I don't hide very much. And if, if I got a problem with somebody, as I've well documented on this broadcast over the last three years, I'll be more than happy to talk about it. I don't, I don't keep that stuff private. So if you and I had an issue, people would definitely know about it by now. Well, it's funny to me because you and me are, again are very similar in ways where uh, neither one of us will hide what we're thinking. If, 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 and even if it comes to each other, if I think you're the shits, I'm going to tell you you're the shits. If I hate your stinking guts, I'm going to tell you that. And you and me are both like that to a fault. But I find it funny that the same people who think that for the last few months, you and me have hated our, each other's guts are the same people that when I, we were actively working together, thought all I did was blow you in and that all I did was agree with you, although that wasn't true either. So I just think it's funny to see that uh, that 180 degree flip that people are now having as well. Oh, well, now they were sucking each other off. and Now they hate each other's guts. But what no, the fuck we is, just it has it has to be yeah. one or the other. 
we just kind of went off on our own corners for a little while, you know, um, you know, I've told people multiple times, I'm like, no, I said, I think, I think Dylan's a good dude. I said, he and I don't agree on a lot of what our philosophies are in life. I said, but you know what? That doesn't mean that I think he's a bad person. I think we both want the, the, like the same result. We just, we have two different angles that we want to accomplish those things. And that's not, that's not a, that's not a personality fault. That's not anybody's issue. Like, you know, we're both kind of alpha dogs and, you know, sometimes, and especially if you have different philosophies on different things, you know, they're not always going to line up. And I think that we've disagreed on, on more things than anything. And in fact, I think that you've challenged me more on this show than anybody, you know, um, because there's things that I like that you didn't like. There's things that you like that I couldn't stand, but at the end of the day, it made for fun discussion. It did. And, you know, people always, you know, liked our banter back and forth. And I think we, we, we worked good together. Um, and another thing is, you know, sometimes you just need to change it up a little bit. You know, I can't miss you if you don't go away. So I think for our respective audiences, it works sometimes to, you know, for it to just be me or to just be you, because while our shows are similar, they're also very different. You know, I do things on my show that you don't, and you do things on Halloween Unleashed that I don't do. You know, you have knowledge in areas that I certainly don't. And I talk about, you know, other horror franchises that don't come up on this show. So I think right. it allowed our audiences to experience different things while, again, similarities, differences. So you can, your, your audience can hear episodes that don't have to hear me and my show doesn't have to hear you. And then we can come back and forth and, for the people that like that, you know, they like this or that, or they can choose to listen or ignore to whatever they want. Well, the, the thing about it is, is there, there may be an opportunity down the road. I just want to go ahead and, and throw this out there. Um, I talked about it on assholes with opinions uh, with James Grimm and Trevor Waltz a few weeks ago. Cause they asked me, are you planning on doing another horror franchise like scream unleashed or Friday the 13th unleashed or anything like that? And I said, no, not really, because, you know, especially when you start getting into the replicas and stuff, um, I collected those things at, at one point in my life, but it's not like it was an obsession for me, like the Myers hobby was, you know, so when you have a passion for a franchise and you have a passion for collecting memorabilia or replicas from that franchise, and then you just happen to luck into and that's all it has been is luck, luck into getting to be part of the fraternity where you're making the said replicas, then, you know, um, there's a lot of material for you to talk about. But eventually, since there is only 11 films now, it's not like a weekly football podcast or a wrestling podcast where you can span 52 weeks a year for over 60 years, you know, there's, there's only a certain amount of material that's going to be able to be covered. So at some point, um, I don't want to say Halloween Unleashed will be obsolete. Um, I have fun doing the podcast. I just don't know how long it's going to stay Halloween Unleashed. We had talked event, uh, like at one point going into season two, maybe we'll change it to horror unleashed and, that still may be an option, but um, at some point down the road, and if that's the case, maybe um, the Halloween stuff will still be uh, incorporated, but there'll be more horror theme things that, you know, it's just like a little bit of a rebranding type phase uh, where there's an opportunity for you to kind of join back up again and, and do that on a more permanent basis. And then that way, Cutting Room Floor and the Unleashed brand kind of can cover all parts of the genre. So that's a possibility at some point someday, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving what we're covering now. It's just, there's only so many masks, so many sculpts, so many movies that we can talk about. And eventually you're going to run out of material, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that's another reason we worked well together is it just allowed us to have kind of a mix of content to where you get after at least at the time rebrand the show and we could still get content out for people absolutely um and if there's ever episodes that you think an audience would really enjoy hit me up i still don't mind airing some of that stuff so i'm still cool with that absolutely all right so 
today, what do we have in store for the people? For the people, um, we're going to be talking about Halloween H2O. As you said, this is episode 98, Halloween H2O coming out in the year 98 when I was the bright, ripe age of one. Um, Jesus. <laughs> four more hairs just fell out of you. You just turned white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, we've talked in the past about you know uh, movie mistakes uh, and sort of the uh, controversies around the mask. We don't have to get too much into that, but we're here to talk about sort of uh, the history of the mask particularly and the independent replicas of such. Sure. So, um, you know, the seven's been talked to uh, in the past, so we'll just briefly go over that. Um, What year did you originally acquire the seven? I acquired the seven uh, master and mold in uh, late 2010 from H3O Productions, Gary Monger. And uh, the story that, I did not tell on the seven episode, but I will tell here because I always like to give um, a little bit more context to to things. Maybe I, I could have gone on a little deeper, but I chose not to depending upon time. So I think this would be a perfect area for me to touch on uh, the master, like, like the, like the mold that he sent me, which is the seven V one, which is what I'm reproducing now. Um, you know, he sent me the, the V1 mold, but with, with that, he sent a latex master that looked nothing like a V1. And as I'm trying to have this conversation with him, he's trying to insist that it was, and I, I knew it wasn't. There were certain markings, the certain way it looked, um, et cetera, that just didn't look like the seven v1 so i said well i don't want this this doesn't look anything like the 7v1 i don't know what this is but it's definitely not the 7v1 so i don't want to have two different looking h2o's trying to call it the same thing when clearly it's not so um i i ran the 7v1 for a little while and then um people started to say, I love the seven, but I really wish it had a neck extension. When are you going to do one with a neck extension? When are you going to do one with a neck extension? When are you going to do one with a neck extension? And after a couple of years, I got kind of tired of hearing, of, hearing about it. So uh, my friend who uh, runs Wolfram Creative, which is Kevin Murphy, um, he was looking for a side project. And I said, hey, what about retooling my seven and putting a neck extension on it? He said, sure. And then that's where the seven 2.0 came from, which it's, it's nothing, it's nothing Kevin did. So when I, when I say that sculpt didn't hit the mark, it has nothing to do with Kevin's abilities. It's just, I think I, I was too involved in the overproducing, trying to replicate a replica, you know, so I was trying to take a little bit of this replica, a little bit of this replica and a little bit of this replica and mash them all into one. And then you ended up with the mess that ended up coming out as the seven 2.0. Now <laughs> I did re re-release the seven V one, the original seven V one, uh, in 2019. And, uh, I'm really glad that I did. And, uh, the seven 2.0 master I sold off. So it's funny because, I'll get a message every once in a while. If somebody says, Hey, I just picked up one of your sevens and I'm like, Oh, cool. Send me a picture. You know, I'd like to see uh, what copy it was. I'm, I'm always curious about that stuff because I always want to see like what I did um, versus what I'm doing. And they'll send me a picture. I'm like, um, that's the seven 2.0. And I didn't finish that copy. And they're like, Oh, well it says there was a seven. I'm like, yeah, there was a 7 V1 and there's a 7 2.0. They're like, oh, is the 7 V1, is that the, is that the, like, as you like to call it, the brat mask? You know, I'm like, no, that's not that V1. It's just a, it's the Winston look. It's just a different, it's just a different mask. So I wish when I was retooling it and I came out with a new name, I really wish I would have called it something else because it really bears no resemblance to me other than the fact it's an H2O, it bears no resemblance on the V17. 
Well, in, 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 a, in a quick side note on that, I, I don't think the 7-2.0 is that horrible. Um, and then also, what is what is the origins of the 7 in the first place? Like, where did Gary get it? Did he sculpt it? Did he have access to screen used? See, that's what I said on the 7 podcast, um, is I said, I know what Gary told me and told the public, but nobody knows for sure. You know, okay. uh, he, he said he casted it from a screen used, but... I don't know. I mean, who you know, knows? no one was there anymore. So who knows? Exactly. But, so but, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I know what he told me and I know that the community accepted it until Gary wasn't in their um, favorite uh, little uh, rat pack anymore. And then they kicked him to the curb and started to, to attack him and call him this and call him that. And I'm like, it's just funny how this, uh, secret fraternity on the website that shall not be named continues to do that to various artists who start to gain a following that is not part of their inner circle. It's just funny how that happens. Oh yeah. People are always jealous of competition, but in regards to the naming thing, I think one thing a lot of people should do is it's what you guys did with the DIY, which is now the GKY is, you know, if you acquire a well-known mask, then run with the name for a little bit, just so people now know, this is its new home, but we're now going to call it something else because, you know, especially since, you know, there's the new mold and there's been some retools to the SS78, et cetera. It just helps right. sometimes just to change the fucking name just so there's no confusion. And it's been a long time since I've heard someone say, oh, well, what happened to the DIY or the GKY? What's the difference? Blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard that in a while. So I think that technique works. I think also, too, I mean, um, of course, I really, I mean, I knew it was out there, so I don't want to sound like a tool bag here but um you know i really wasn't paying attention to a lot of how many copies were out of this mask and that mask i just i i honestly and some people are going to hear this and they're going to when they knew me back in 2012 2013 like well you knew everything back then well that was also eight nine years ago i was a completely different person then and um i'm the same in a lot of ways but when it comes to knowing what what who's producing and where it came from and how many copies they're doing and how this finish varies from this finish. I don't pay attention to that shit anymore. I don't care. You know, well, it's how like, different now. So many people make so many things now. It's hard to keep up. Well, also at the same time, I need to worry about myself and worry about what my partners are doing that I'm, that I've become very good friends with like Rick and, and, and Matt and, you know, that's, that's really what it boils down to. It's like, you know, anymore, the way I, the way I live my life, and this is the way I live my life. And um, if it's not bringing me happiness, if it's not bringing me orgasms or money, I don't care. I really don't. Well, sometimes you can lump all those things into one, in one single transaction. Most of the time, yes. I mean, you could. <laughs> One of those things is not legal or healthy, but yes, you could do that technically. Oh, well, if you film it, then it becomes legal. <laughs> yes. Should have got into that. <laughs> that well, if, if, if you're good if at something, still, never do it for free. <laughs> if they were still a sponsor of the show, this would be a good spot for a Blue Chew ad, but... <laughs> uh. So uh, that's the seven. So uh, we'll move on to uh, another mask you're very well acquainted with. It's my personal favorite uh, of the H2Os out there. And it's the uh, Smith's Grove slash Morningside uh, Sanitarium uh, H2O, which uh, you were there when that mask was casted, yes? Yeah, it's um, Tom Smith. I've known him since the year 2000 when um, a lot of this stuff was brand new and he came out with the rage mask, which looked very similar to the H4 cover mask, which was a, you know, like everybody was trying to replicate the Sam Hain. He was trying to uh, sculpt something that looked similar to the Sam Hain because that was the be all end all at that time. Um, and kind of like what the H4 covers are doing today. I mean, it's like what's old is new again, uh, but the sculpts have just gotten better. But Tom was, Tom was one of those guys that was very influential in helping getting me started. So I owe a lot of credit to him to help me along the way, getting started when I had questions. Um, he was there for me. And so that was awesome. And 
early on, you know, in my collecting career, he and I had became uh, friends through the fact that I was making a lot of uh, very bad fan films uh, while I was in college and he would get VHS tapes and visit my message board. And, you know, I would check out his work and we would chat by AOL instant messenger and we'd talk by phone and, you know, <laughs> it cord. was just, yeah, man, it was just, he was, he's just a really good guy. And he let me know that he was going to, be, he lives in, he lives back up in Michigan now, but he let me know um, that he was going to be moving down to Deland, Florida. And am I close to there? Well, I, I had just moved to Orlando at that time. And I said, yeah, that's actually pretty much like the next suburb over. It's um, I'm not too far from there. I'm like 40, maybe 45 minutes with traffic. So he said, cool. Well, when I get down there, let's hang out. And I'm like, yeah, man, it sounds great. And the way I'm looking at it is because I was a collector at that time, I hadn't ever even thought about making a mask yet. Um, but I was looking at it as there's an artist that I really re- uh, respect that is moving right into my backyard and we're going to hang out. This is awesome. You know, and we got together and, you know, I, I watched a little bit of the process, still didn't understand a lot of things, but he let me know that he was going to be getting one of the hero screen use pulls in. Um, and it was a finished mask and everything of uh, the H2O. And I said, holy shit. I'm like, well, can I come over there when you get it? Because I would like to see it. And he goes, yeah, sure. So we set up a time. I went over there. Um, I watched him cast it. Like he had a whole um, project layout of how he did it on his web, on his website back in, I don't know, all the way through when it was still uh, morning, not Morningside, uh, Smith's Grove Sanitarium. And this one didn't have a neck extension, did it? It did. It did. Oh, it did. So, yeah. but it was, and it was worn on screen. Yes, correct. That's so, awesome. um, so he casted all of that and, um, but he didn't take the hair off. So he had basically three quarters of it, um, casted. Like he had the neck, the ears, um, right around so the when, ears. When you cast a mask, you cast it from the outside? Correct. Yeah. I mean, oh, you can't I never cast knew it that. From, well, yeah, I mean, you can't cast it from the inside. You wouldn't have any of the of the details. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, think about it as like an imprint, you know, is basically what you're making, is you're making an imprint of that face or, in this case, this this head, you know. Um, you know, if you look up life casting um, on on YouTube, I mean, you can kind of basically see the process of what you have to go through to cast something like this. So, um, but anyway, I mean, he said that he could have gotten a bald cap or a shower cap and done the entire thing, but he didn't want to get the alginate and different things into the hair. So he just didn't, you know, because this was only a loan, um, from someone he knew, uh, up in Michigan. So, um, anyway, we, I, I helped him document the entire process of what he was doing with, with uh, video and with pictures. He probably still has it somewhere. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I got to hang out and see that, that project start to finish. And, um, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. And even then in 2004, I still, even though I thought this stuff was cool, I never thought about one day I'm going to be doing this stuff, you know, never once even crossed my mind. So now we know who to blame slash thing for breaking into business. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, because like I said, at that time, I still didn't even know that I even wanted to do this. I was like, well, that's going to be for other people. You know, that's not for me. And he's been and, he, and he's been producing that for a while. And this kind of transitions into the next one. He, you know, quote unquote, kind of shut down and sold off the, the H2O for a while, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I actually had reached out to him. Um, in 2014, like when I knew he wasn't really producing anything anymore, like he was to the point where just the thought of hairing a mask, like he, he wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm like that sometimes because of my neck issues, you know, like there's some weeks where I'm on fire and I'm putting out mask after mask, after mask, after mask, 
but then you don't see anything for like three weeks because I did too much in that one week and I am just stoved up and I hurt for three weeks because of the arthritis I have and it's painful. So, um, anyway, he, but he didn't have that issue. He just got to the point where he was sick of the drama. He was sick of the bullshit and he was just sick of hearing them over and over and over again, because you have to remember, man, he was making those masks and not selling them, but for like 150 bucks, you know, you know, for a screen used item, that's amazing. And all the way up there to the end, he was like 150, 175 at the most. Even and now, he's still, uh, I only paid $100 for the blank I got off of him when I sent it to Rodney. Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't understand how he's able to do it. I'll, I'll be just straight up and honest that way. I, I don't understand because, um, you know, people say all the time, and this pisses me off, and I don't mean to sidebar, but it's worth mentioning. And it pisses me off when I see some disrespectful asshole out there comment on a thread and say, X amount of price for this mask. There's only about $20 worth of materials in it. Yeah, but there's fucking labor involved. You know, why don't you, why don't you go to an automotive shop and try to tell them X amount for four tires? You know, there's, you know, I could buy the tires myself and put them on myself for this price. Well, if you can do it, go do it. So we buy the jack and the equipment and the drills and all that shit. Yeah, and then the balancing equipment and all that stuff, that's going to cost you more than what they're going to charge you for uh, for the for the labor of that. And I can but, certainly tell you from having done hockey masks, like even just the initial investment of all the various tools you have to buy, like even aside from material mask to mask, there's like just shit you have to have on hand all the time that comes up every now and then. Something might break. Your airbrush might break. You might need a new compressor. All these different things that go exactly. into that there's uh, it's called overhead and not to mention it's like nothing is as cheap as it was 20 years ago so the Inflation's cost of, it is so like a lot of times people they'll come up with well there's only 20 dollars worth of materials and they're quoting the 20 dollars worth of materials from 20 years ago and it's like um no latex is significantly gone up hang on a second buddy um i got my daughter trying to come in hang on a second She has to come in and do her laundry chores. Uh. But, you know, they're they're always trying to quote prices from like 20 years ago and what it cost to produce 20 years ago. And it's like, so that $20 of materials now goes into $40. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried a hair mask before? Oh, no, I would never fucking never. And even from having doing hockey mess, like shit just gets frustrating. And like, well, the straps like, probably are your biggest uh, problem there, isn't it? Like your most labor is to get the straps right. Um, on, on masks that require rivets. Yes, because it, because using a rivet gun is a, is an acquired skill that I still don't fucking have. And using exactly. the Dremel. Um, so like it'll yep. take me 30 minutes to prep a mask, you know, to puncture all the holes to cut out the eyes to trim the excess plastic prep the surface for paint and then you know e- even if i'm dedicated like i I did one uh the last couple of days even with three days it took me three days to do this entire thing that you look at like oh i could get a spray can and do this and rivet straps on and all that other this and that but it's never as simple as it seems you know a youtube tutorial will make it look so simple until you go to do it, and it's like, well, you have hair, like with the Myers mask. Now you've got glue everywhere and hair. Now it's sticking to your hands and all kinds of shit. Yeah, and not not just that, is you have to worry about bald spots and making sure that you know everything's connected and you know you don't have any thin areas. And then when the hair dries, are you going to have any gobs of hair to start coming out because the glue's not holding, or you didn't get enough glue in a certain area? I mean it's it's definitely like like you said with the rivet gun it's definitely an acquired skill set and i'm not trying to make it seem like you know hair in a mask is rocket science but i i look at 
making masks the same way as I look at any person that works with their hands for a living, that turns wrenches, that works on um, appliances, that you know rehabs something like a house or a car or as a car painter, or whatever it is. If you got a trade skill like that, you know, people need to understand that you never pay for just the materials. You're paying for that person's labor. You're paying for their skill set that they have acquired over many years and many uh, frustrations of trying to get it correct. So that they can justify those prices because no matter how easy it does become over time, it's still um, time consuming, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sure you've had these frustrations too. And and, and on a sidebar, I know, you know, some of these things are easier than others. So for some artists, painting is easier than herring and vice versa. But I know like with the latex mask, there's steps that go into it, you know? base coating and weathering. And I like to think of like working on replicas, like writing with a, with a piece of paper and a feathered pen and an ink quill is, you know, there's no wide out, you know, if you fuck up and during any of these processes, no matter how well it may be going up to that point, you're going to have to start the fuck over. And that can be incredibly frustrating, especially if you're deep into it. I've had that problem myself and I've just fucking, you know, be going and going and I just fuck something up terribly, destroy the whole thing, have to start over. And I'm like, God damn it. Exactly. You know, um, hang on one second. Caitlin, when you go out, will you close the door, please? So that I don't interrupt anybody. Good job, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. I got kids. Uh, But, um, but getting back onto this, I mean, I, I still don't understand how Tom does it personally. I don't, um, he can't be making anything for his labor. Um, I'm just saying that because I think he's just giving back at this point. <laughs> I just think he just does it here and there. And just, I think, I think he's the type and, you know, I can't speak for him and I, I haven't talked to him in a little while. I mean, we'll, we'll message each other every once in a while, but I haven't talked to him, uh, regularly in about a year. So we go in spurts like that though. And that's how our entire relationship has been. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, we, we get busy. But um, I think he's as much as he says, oh, yeah, I'm tired of it. I, I don't want to hair another Myers mask. I want to get rid of everything. I think that deep down inside, kind of like with me, when I said I'll never take another order ever again, you know, there's still that little thing inside of you that, you know, as Rocky said it in Rocky Balboa, there's a little something left in the basement always when it comes to this stuff. And there's always unfinished business. There's always something that you see and you're like, wow, that looks cool. I wouldn't mind doing something like that. And then the juices start sparking again. And I've always said it. If you've ever done this stuff for a little while, overhauled stuff, and you've gotten feedback from the public that they're happy with what you did for them, there's no better feeling in the world than that, at least from my perspective that I've experienced. Now, I'm sure some football player that ran 70 yards in the Super Bowl and scored scored a touchdown would argue that with me. I'm sure um, a wrestling performer that's been out in front of a crowd of 90,000 plus screaming their name, like a Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, they would argue with me uh, about that. There's many instances like that, but for me, from a professional standpoint, I know I've never experienced anything that makes me feel as good inside as when you get a message or you see your name tagged in something where somebody posts something that you did for them out on social media and are just so excited about what you did for them and about how you made them feel. There's really, from a professional standpoint, from my perspective, there's no better feeling and it's a hard, hard switch to turn off. It really is. No, definitely. And, and, and for the time that you know, I was on my hiatus, I didn't make any hockey mess. And making this one I've made this past week kind of reminded me. I remember being in middle school and me and my buddies taking a cheap one and 
some spray cans and trying to replicate, you know, I think it was the part five maskings like, you know, there's, there's no good replicas at party city, all this different shit. And when I first started doing it, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And like looking back at it yesterday, seeing, you know, an earlier one I'd done to where I am now and just remembering the first time I watched the movie thinking, man, I love to have that. And like you said, when someone gets something from you and it, you know, you're your own worst critic. You thought, man, that was terrible. I hate it. I can't believe someone paid me to do that. And then they're like, <laughs> all the time. I love, and then they're like, <laughs> I loved it. It's exactly what I wanted. It's just like having the movie prop in my hands. I'm like, it makes you feel good. And it's like, wow, this is, maybe I should keep doing this. You know, I, and you bring up a good point there and uh, I'm going to ask you to repeat the question for me in just a minute, but let's finish this part first um, is one of the things that I don't think ever gets mentioned. I know I've never talked about it, but one of the things that keeps things interesting for me is learning new things all the time. And I think if I stopped learning new tricks, new, new ways to do things, new challenges that comes up where I'm able to top what I was doing from six months ago or a year ago or two years ago, or in a lot of cases, when I see something from eight, nine years ago, I'm going, man, I've really come a long way since then. You know, um, and even back then I thought I was doing a really good job until you start acquiring new skill sets and you push yourself. So I think if it would be easy for me to walk away from all of it, um, I'm not speaking for Tom. I'm not speaking for any other artist. I'm speaking from a personal standpoint. It would be really easy for me to walk away if I've learned everything that I've had had to learn. I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And there was nothing left for me to, to do out there. I think it would be really simple at that point. Yeah, you would miss um, seeing, seeing messages from people that are happy, that are... Um, that are missing you wishing that they can get something from you. Yeah. You'd miss that type of stuff, but you would have accomplished everything at that point where you're going, there's really nothing left for me to do at this point. Um, I hope it never gets to that because I do really have this passion inside for doing artistic things. Like I've, I've talked about it on assholes with opinions a couple of weeks ago is that, when I'm not hurting, when my body is not failing me and I feel good, I absolutely love doing house projects. I love, you know, people are going to go, really? I'm like, yeah, I love the fact that a month, month and a half ago, you know, I ripped up my entire downstairs carpet and, you know, we sat and for an entire weekend laid down wood floors and yeah, it was hard. Yeah, it sucked. But when you're able to physically transform a room and you're able to step back and say, we did this, you know, it, it's a great feeling. So I, I enjoy that. I love being able to get out a sheet of canvas and do like a Bob Ross style painting. And then my son or my daughter says, I want that in my room. Can I have that? It's, there's, it's a great feeling that people, people make you feel um, good that way when you're expressing yourself from an artistic standpoint. Um, so inside, I love creating, I love doing things. So I hope I never lose that because I think that if I were ever to lose that passion for it, um, I, I can't honestly say that I would live too long to, because I mean, it's, it fills me up inside too much. If that makes oh, sense. Oh no, absolutely. And, and, one thing I struggled with for a long time was thinking, you know, there's so many artists out there that are better than me and not charging much more or, you know, their masks just look so much better. But, and I don't know if, if you've ever been in this position, you know, you can look at something on screen in a movie and like, wow, that looks cool. And then see a replica that's like, that's cool. But when you actually see a well-lit daytime photo of the prop from the movie in real life, you're like, wow, this kind of looks like dog shit, you know, for a yeah. lack of a better term. <laughs> like I have, um, there's a guy, Mario Kerner, I think that's his name, that owns a whole bunch of Friday the 13th props. And I use his prop museum book as a reference. He's got, you know, a lot of the screen use props. 
they'll say, okay, well, here's this and here's that and here's that. This cover scratches and all that stuff. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, this looks slapped together. And I, it looks basically like what I'm doing because so many artists are more, uh, are trying to replicate what people see on screen versus what it actually looks like and then using lighting to play with it because it's easier to display in just a well-lit room all the time. But in comparison to how it actually looked and learning how to replicate what it was to me is more satisfying as I'll never be crash. I'll never be Oz. I'll never be PhD, but I'll be me doing my thing and feeling satisfied with it. And knowing that, Hmm, you know, the people who made this were doing the same shit. I was just slapping shit together and all this. I'm like, I can rip, I can smudge it yellow here and do this and that. Cause this really looks like shit up close, but from a distance, 30 feet away in the darkness, it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's really what you're going for. For sure. And, you know, um, to kind of answer your question, then we'll get back on topic, but, you know, to kind of answer your question, I've been in a similar situation like that, but the popular narrative was, is like back in the day when I did stuff full time and ran everything is like the popular narrative back then to when they wanted to attack me is like, Oh, he's just trying to be AHG. He's just trying to be JC. He's just trying to be, you know, insert any artist you want in there. And it was like, no, um, I have a customer base that they're coming to me because I'm an all in one shop that it doesn't need to go out and get a separate blank or doesn't need to take something and have them ship it to me that has been done by somebody else and I have to redo it. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, somebody would come to me and say, Hey, here's a picture I'm trying to uh, get. Can you re- replicate that? And I always tell them, I said, I'll do the best I can, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, only, you know, what you see, I can only interpret from the picture from my own mind and my own vision of what I see. And I'll just try to hit the marks as best as I possibly can. But if there's something specific about this picture, you want me to really hit, please tell me. But nine times out of 10, it would be an AHG or a JC mask and, They'd want me to try and replicate it. And, you know, based on how my monitor's reading or printout or whatever the case may be, um, the colors may be too rich or too black or too this or too that. And you're still trying to match a two dimensional image that is never going to be fully possible because you're trying to replicate something that has already been, uh, the quality has already been kind of, uh, compromised because of uh and it also depends on what monitor you're looking at so there's so many things that goes into trying to replicate something else so i always when when i started taking on orders again i I just said look i'm not going to try and replicate anybody else's replica i'm going to try and do the best i can at replicating the marks that I see, but if there are certain things that you like about which scene, explain those to me, tell me what you like about those, and then let me see how close I can get. And that's really where, um, and, and maybe I'm being a little uh, too self-important here, and I'm definitely not trying to be, but I think that that's really where my work changed for the better because I wasn't being viewed at viewed as anymore as the, as the copycat guy. You know what I'm saying? Does that, does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, I've looked back at, I've seen your work from, you know, well before I was in the hobby and looking at it now, just from a collector standpoint, I would say, especially with your sixes and your ones and twos, your work's never been better because like I said previously, when you, when you're doing it, not to replicate someone else's shit, but to try to, you know, one, of course, replicate the movie because that's the business we're in. But to just do your thing, if you have more passion in it, it's, it's going to come across better. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is like once you remove that layer of bullshit in your life, too, it's like that's also makes things more enjoyable. There's there's something like, you know, when people say, oh, that guy, he's all about the drama. I'm really not. 
you know, I just, you're just always involved in it. It's just, if it comes to my doorstep, I ain't going to back away from it. That's, that's my thing. That's like, if you come pick the fight with me, uh, be prepared because I'm not going to let it go until we actually have the fight. You know, that's kind of my thing, but, uh, call it a personality trait, call it a, a flaw in my personality, my OCD, whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is, is I don't, I don't put up with bullshit. I just don't. And, um, people know that and they still try to see how much they can get away with. And I'm like, why are you doing that to me? Why are you doing that to yourself? Because this isn't going to end well for either of us, but this is exhausting. it really is. But just that week leading up to the live show, when people were just sending me screenshot after screenshot after screenshot, and it was the same screenshots from like a hundred people, like of the same things that were being said over and over. I'm like, fuck, I've seen this, you know, I'm like, stop sending me this stuff. And I I've gotten pretty much to the point where I've put my foot down about that is people are like, Oh yeah. Over on the site that we shall not name uh, said this about you. And I I've gotten, I've gotten really good at not saying what did they say? Because as soon as they say that you, you fall in for it. And now I just say, I'm not surprised there's people out there that I have never talked to before. And that is the truth. And they're just regurgitating what they've heard and they've never spoken to me. They've never dealt with me. They don't know. Or um, they've been caught saying something out in public and I've haven't been too kind to them privately. Cause I'm, I'm kind of at the mindset of if you're going to go out there and you're going to run your mouth and then you're going to come to me, Hey brother, Hey buddy. No, that doesn't fly with me either. And I'm going to call you on it. And then I'm labeled as an asshole, but that's neither here or there with this, but I'm just to the point where when I tell people just don't send me stuff or people are going to continue to mention my name over there in a negative way long after I am probably six feet in the ground at that place is still around. And as long as, Someone brings up, hey, I just got this WMP mask. You're going to have somebody somewhere that has to say something. It's never going to stop. And I tried for years to get along and make peace and make amends to whatever I supposedly did. Bottom line is, it's never going to change. I'm done arguing with with people. I'm done trying to defend myself because... I've proven it to you. I've proven it to Zachman. I've proved it to several other people that if there's something being said that you really want to see proof on to prove it, I'll be glad to show you the proof. And I, and, and you've seen that firsthand. No, no, I haven't. But I also think at a certain point and Marilyn Manson said this once uh, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but the gravitas of someone's movement is judged based on the number of people that hate you. You know, does that mean to do with something <laughs> yeah. that, that pisses people off? If everyone loves you, then you're just kissing ass and sucking dick all the time. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. Well, depends on what you're into. Um, <laughs> but but point point being is, is I think the the reason that the work is coming out better, too, is um, I don't have this bullshit dragging me down and just making me miserable all the time. You know, that's another thing. People know, do not read. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize unless you've gone through it in some form or fashion. I mean, think about how much better, you know, your day job is when you're going through your day job and you don't have your boss up your ass telling you everything that you did wrong all the time, because that can make for a very toxic environment. And you start to feel, what the hell am I doing this for? And you start to lose a lot of energy and a lot of passion because it's a joy sucker. You know, arguments, drama, strife of any kind is a joy sucker and it's a time sucker and it's an energy sucker. It just sucks the very being out of you. And that's where I was in in 2014. Thank God I'm not there anymore. And thank God that I've, you know, a lot of people says, well, you, you need not to be so bitter. You need not to be so angry. I'm like, I'm not angry. There was a time I was, I'm not anymore because the way I look at it is I've forgiven everybody for what they did. Doesn't mean I forget it. 
doesn't mean I want anything to do with them, but I don't carry around that resentment and that anger because I look at it this way, whether it was comfortable or uncomfortable, they made me a better person from it because I learned something from it. I learned who was it, who was my friend, who wasn't, uh, what somebody was, what somebody wasn't, you know, what to look for going forward and what I need to do to make sure I don't repeat the same mistakes. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed, on Instagram at Halloween Unleashed, and on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.